Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Sammy from the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast and the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. We have a Patreon account. If you have not checked that out yet, you definitely should go do that. You go to patreon.com backslash limitless broadcasting. You'll pull up our page. So Patreon is this really cool thing where you can help fund our projects and you can donate at whatever level works for you. We actually have 10 levels on our page and for whatever donation amount you make, you actually get a little prize or reward to help us fund our projects because we are so grateful for anything that you can give us. For instance, our membership levels start at $10 and for that $10, you get a shout out at the beginning or the end of a single podcast show. So we'll give you a little personal shout out just for you, just for your donation, just because we're so thankful for anything that you give to us because it really does help us out a lot. 10 different levels for you to pick from. Some of them include like free t-shirts and you always get whatever the lower levels include. So it just kind of builds on each other. And if you go all the way up to our top tier, you actually get to host your very own episode of a television show or podcast show with video. You can have a co-host, you know, one of us co-host with you, or you can do it on your own. I know a lot of you are interested in what you're listening to, obviously, right? Maybe you have chronic pain and you want to use an episode to share your story. Or maybe you're a Disney nerd like myself and Ashley, and you want to talk about your Disney experiences. It's just another really cool little thing that we're offering. Any little donation helps us, and we really appreciate it whether it's $10, $50, whatever you can give. If you can give every month, that's awesome. If you can only give once, that's fine too. You still get those incentives because we're so grateful for your help. Don't forget to go to patreon.com backslash limitless broadcasting and I will see you on the next show. Hey guys, you're listening to the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast, episode three, part two. And as I've said before, sleep is very important. Think good thoughts and associate with good people. Our thoughts govern what we are and what we accomplish. Our brain is the physical interface between our spiritual energetic self and our physical body. Our spirits do not reside passively within our bodies while we sojourn here on earth. Mental spiritual health is essential to good physical health. The reverse is also true. Dr. Robert C. Brooksby, D.O. Your whole life can change in an instant. About 50 million adults in the United states have chronic pain and because of a car accident robbie is one of them 
In their marriage vows, Robbie and Sammy promise to stand by one another and provide strength when needed. And lately, they've been facing some of their biggest challenges. Join them as they share the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. You're listening to the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast on the Limitless Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Robbie and Sammy, and we're going to be continuing this as our second episode where we're talking about the different physicians uh, that we started to see after he was initially starting to have his chronic pain problems. Before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe and check out all of the other shows on the network. This is the second part of episode three. Part two. In our last episode, we kind of started on a tirade. We were talking about your post-surgical care and how many problems we were having with your pain medicine and with, you know, your nausea. And basically you came out of the surgery and you were really uncomfortable and really in a lot of pain and we were having trouble managing that. I know what we ultimately in our fight to try and get you the care you needed. I do remember talking to the lawyer a couple of times, I believe, about the situation to try and and have them kind of be like a middleman, if you will. Right. To trying to get you any sort of care. Because we did start going back to the office for visits, if you recall. And that's when they started doing those x-rays to check the placement of the disc. Right. And then they started giving you injections. They would work for, I don't even know, maybe a couple hours. I wouldn't even say a couple hours. I would say an hour, 30 minutes. Really was. I don't, I don't really know what they were doing. They would inject you and it just, it would be numb for like a minute and then right back to normal. It was a waste of time, honestly. Like Mm -hmm. it was a waste of a day, an afternoon. Mm -hmm. One of these things was like 3,500 bucks. They were expensive little treatments. Yeah. More expensive than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You, how many injections did you even get? Like three? Oh no. Four? I probably got like 10 there. I don't know if it was 10. It was a lot. I do, do remember that. They would do the injection and then they would kind of ask you how you were feeling after. And it implied that that would give them further treatment options or an idea of what to do with you but it was like then we would just go back and you would do the same injection and have the same results it was just like a cat and mouse game going back and forth going back and forth and finally i was so tired i was so fed up Mm -hmm. one of the staff i was we went back to talk about my neck pain and how bad it hurt you remember when she forced me to turn my head Uh, yes i actually had a a note in here when in our show notes about the rough handling post-surgery right here's a side note you get an operation and you're going in there for follow up and they put their hands on you and it hurt. Tell them, tell them, ow, that hurts. Always speak up. You can't touch me like that. You can't touch me there. Always speak up. Be your own advocate. Stand up for yourself. Get the confidence. Be outspoken if you have to. This is overall your body, your health. You have a right to be mean if it comes to that because nobody is going to know the struggles you're going through. A lot of this I feel on my own about. I know my wife is here every step of the way, but she doesn't know how bad I hurt. She doesn't know about the sleepless nights I get because I can't sleep because I'm in so much pain. You notice my wife is to my right because I can't turn to the left to lean in. I lean into the left to actually hear people, to turn my head, turn my body. I have pain so bad that it's hard for people to even touch me. I mean, we're fairly newlyweds. It's a lot to put on somebody. Being your own advocate, speaking up, saying, hey, you can't do that, that how, that hurt, that is going to be your best thing when when it comes to this. Since my accident, since all of this, I know 
wife have put her in a difficult position because we're not like most married couples. Or what you perceive. My perception of marriage. It's been an uphill battle. It's been a struggle. But I'm sure a lot of you can probably relate. Yeah. If you found us and you're dealing with the same sort of issues. You'll hear Sammy talk about all my doctors and all my appointments. You'll see me. You won't hear me talk is because number one, I'm dumbfounded that I've been through all that. It's amazing that we've actually came out the other side. It's just a struggle. It's been a struggle. I do feel like a lot of, as you said, us coming out of the other side was when we finally were like, you know, I've had enough of this bullshit and we kind of took control. Yes. We always kind of did that with arguing about we were going to continue to go to Dr. Thomas when trying to see the surgeon just to have them help you. And we basically felt like we were blown off. That's when we were like, you know what? We're done. That's when we finally went to pain management. Yes. Kind of started that ball rolling with trying to get treatment from someone who specializes in pain. Pain management company that knows what you're going through and tries to relate. They might not always get it, but they're trying. Yes. Again, this is another really important factor that there are a lot of pain management groups that have kind of popped up in the recent years, especially as regulations and rules have changed with opioid prescribing. A lot of regular doctors don't feel comfortable even writing a prescription for it. So they'll refer you out to pain management. Pain management is definitely another one that you want to do your research on. We actually picked this doctor. for a second. What is pain management, Sammy, since you're in? Yeah. So a lot of them, the doctors are actually anesthesiologists. Primarily, it seems like they're the ones doing the pain treatment. So they literally, you go to these doctors and the only thing they see you for is to treat and manage whatever chronic pain you're having. So you're not going to go to these doctors if, you know, you fall off your hoverboard and break your arm. You know, you're still going to go to your primary doctor, ER, whatever. If you have consistent pain that lasts weeks into months, that's when you're going to go see a doctor like we do for pain management. And that's literally what they're designated as. They have special qualifications they need to follow. I don't know all the training they have to do exactly. This is a specialized area that they are in and it's only for pain treatment. thing you might assume is that it's only we're going to throw opioid medications at you and it's a lot more than that, which you can attest to. Injections, they may do surgeries if they feel like you further need it or if you haven't had any at all. Um, They try like some alternative therapies to a certain extent. Right. It's all based on what your insurance covers or doesn't cover, which is a joke. It's not just throwing pain medicines at you and saying, peace out and have a great day. This doctor really sits down and has full conversations with you about how you're doing and where your treatment is at and what the other choices are. And And where you want to go and where where you want to end up. And you have to keep your expectations realistic because, you know, I did read about the pain management a little bit, especially once you started going through it, did a little more investigating into it. The reality is when you go into pain treatment, they try and just lower how much pain you're in. And we're talking like a 30% maybe reduction is a goal. It's not necessarily get you pain free. Although they would love that. Everybody would love for you to be pain free. But at the end of the day, when they're treating you, if they set a realistic expectation, that's usually it, which sucks to hear. Pain management is great, but let's be honest, they manage your pain. That's what they're there for. They might sympathize for what you're going through. They might try to figure out ways to get you out of pain, but let's be honest, they're there to manage your pain. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Let's talk about like what it is to actually go into pain management. Is that Mm -hmm. part of this episode? Yeah, no, go for it. Yeah. When you first go to pain management, they will give you, you'll sign in, they'll take your insurance card and ID, just like a normal doctor's office. Then they will give you a stack of paperwork to say who you are, what you're doing there, what your symptoms, are you taking drugs? Are you taking any street drugs? Because they're a pain management doctor, so they are interested in managing your pain and finding out if you're taking any street drugs as well. So they know how to help you manage 
manage your pain. Number one, I never took any drugs, anything like this at all in my entire life. This period is the most I've ever been on prescription drugs or medications of any kind. Can you even remember me when I was out of pain, pain free? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. That's good to hear because I didn't think you did. Good. And then, you know, since we're talking about the, the pain management doctor, another important thing is they do urine screens. Oh, that's another thing. They will do so, drug tests as yeah, well. Yeah. They're, they're not only going to kind of look at and see, are you taking something that, like you said, like it's a street drug, you know, they something that- They want to make sure you're actually taking the prescriptions yes, they exactly. prescribe to you. Yeah. It's kind of funny, but they're literally testing to make sure you're taking their prescriptions. It's really to make sure you're not selling it yep. because people will also do that, Yep. which is crazy. Sketch. The yep. society we live in, they have to check for stuff like that. Unfortunately, the more upfront you are, the better about what's been going on with you, what you've taken, not Everything. taken. They'll go in, you'll go in, you'll do a drug test or drop what they say, and then they'll take your weight and then they will bring you back to a room. You can either see a nurse, nurse practitioner or the doctor. And it'll depend on the practice, but this is the one he goes to. I prefer to see the doctor because I think I get more done, honestly. Every once in a while, I will see the nurse practitioner when I just need a refill or something like that. And that's her main purpose is if you're just in there for like a standard refill. Yeah, but most of my questions are for the doctor Mm -hmm. because he has a steady plan to get me 30% out of pain. So far, I've been in a difficult case, and so that hasn't been the case. Unfortunately, but like I said, this particular doctor has always been there for you. And we have, I probably should look this up, but we have done a couple epidurals now. You've gotten those injections and epidurals. he does not do well with steroids. We have found out. Makes you very angry. That's what they say. I get very angry when I get steroids. Yes, he's just pissed off for no reason. And it's very difficult to live with. That's what they say. You know, we'll wear off, but it, it took a good week of you just being angry every day. How did that make you feel? Pretty terrible. I mean, guess who who do you take it out on? Both you and your mom. Yeah, mostly me because I'm around you more. I mean, it is what it is. It's one of those side effects that's just... It's a lot going on. We have a lot just, going on. Can't really control that. There's just one of those things. But overall, you know, pain management has been trying. We have been trying for probably a year now or pretty freaking close to it to get a um, spinal cord stimulator approved by the insurance. They want to implant. What that is, is it's an implant. Yeah, you have a little battery pack that you live with, which has been the biggest thing to wrap your head around. You have to charge it every night. Mm -hmm. You'll put a charger on the bed. Robbie says you're like a robot. And then you basically lay on it Mm -hmm. and it'll charge it up. And it basically runs up your spinal cord to basically kind of trick your nerves so you don't notice the pain. Right. It's basically, see, you have nerve endings coming down through your spine and your brain is telling them, oh, look, you're having pain. You're having pain. Well, having the spinal cord stimulator, they'll go up. They'll put their two little cords around them. Those cords will trick the brain fighting off those signals. Mm -hmm. And our insurance, because they're such geniuses, have denied this multiple times because the doctor keeps submitting appeals. And one of their reasons was they said that he needs to have a failed back surgery. So the insurance would rather have him go and get a surgery that does nothing, does not help him. And then eh, maybe then they'll approve it. It's just, this is the kind of thing that gets on my nerves and just really pisses me off about insurance. It's definitely been a process getting that approved. Because how many pages of paperwork did he submit on you? Do you remember that one time? 60 pages. Yeah, it's literally 60 pages in his case file. Probably more now because that was a little while ago that we heard that. But some random doctor at the insurance company who goes through this and decides that you're not worth it. That's really frustrating. I mean, you're basically 
basically on two pain medications technically right now, but mm-hmm. you're more taking like ibuprofen as needed and the Percocet really as needed. Sometimes I'm in so much pain, I want to actually go up another dose mm-hmm. of pain medication. But we know that's not good. I know it's not good. It's crossed my mind to have that conversation with my pain doctor. Mm-hmm. She she is definitely against that. Because when you, when you took it, as well. when you had a higher dose, the problem was it literally made you crazy. It does make you crazy. Yes. You were paranoid. You were I, more depressed. You were getting worked up over things more often than usual. It does make you crazy. It does make you paranoid. It's hard to be creative and I'm a creative person. Mm-hmm. You can't come up with an idea to start your own cable network. I want to be out of pain. Don't get me wrong. There was a point where you were literally kind of taking it around the clock and then you finally, I don't know what conversation or what happened where you finally kind of listened and you really only take it as needed now. Right. Which is a much better way to try and manage your pain if you're able to. At that time when I was taking it around the clock, would you have said I would had a dependency for... Yeah, most likely. Yeah. For medication like Because that. I have a suspicion he was in the hospital earlier this year, which is somewhat related to all of... Really Absol- related to everything. Absolutely yeah, is related. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it is. It's related. He was taking his pain medicine a little more regularly because he was having increased pain, not just in his neck, but in your stomach and everywhere, everywhere. I have pain everywhere. Yes. He had kind of increased that. And then he was getting sick, like physically, you know, thrown up. You can't keep anything down. And, and I was getting fat. Okay. Well, that's for another discussion. But my point is I have a suspicion that you did go through maybe a little bit of withdrawal, but it was hard for us to tell because you were already physically sick. Right. But I have a feeling you did kind of wean yourself a little bit off of pain medicine around that time as well, just because you you couldn't take it. You're just going to have to go through the symptoms, right? Absolutely. Especially once you came out of the hospital, I, you, you're I, not on it as much as you were. I'm sure if you have found our show, you know how it how much it sucks to go through withdrawals of any kind, you know, drugs, drinking, smoking, pills, pain pills, but it sucks. You were super sick to the point you can't keep anything down to the point where you just think you're dying. Those of you who have found our show, you guys can relate for, to that. I'm sure. Is there anything else you want to add about the pain management or? No, I think we are, think we're pretty good on pain management, but if you are in the circumstances and you have increased pain, like what Sammy says, pain that is lasting more than a week, more than a month, couple months, you should probably see, try to see a pain management doctor. And do your research because there, there are some out there who are not. Sketch, they're sketch. You need yeah. to find a reputable pain management company. You don't want to go somewhere. They'll just write you an opioid and be done with you. You want them to actually try and treat you. Right. That's the main goal. Right. Tie into that. You know, we had talked a lot in the last episode about the surgery you had mm-hmm. and how much pain you were in and talked about you crying right after the, the surgery that night. Uh-huh. But one of the lingering effects after the surgery, it kind of gave you, I want to say an emotional breakdown is kind of my best description of it. If you recall, that was kind of the beginning of your major, what I would say, depressive episode. Okay. And, and that's when we decided to put you in therapy, which I think is another important thing for anyone going through this is the therapy. You know, you're in the process of finding a new therapist right now, which is fine. Like we were saying, try different doctors, try different opinions. I think the therapy is one of the big things that you needed to kind of work through some of your issues. Okay. And I don't know if it was the anesthesia plus the surgery plus your pain that triggered everything. It definitely made you way more emotional. And the only way you really seemed able to cope was when we started sending you to therapy. Okay. No, I agree. No one really wants to come home to their husband half drunk because that's the way he's decided to deal with how he's feeling. And that's 
the reality that we had. Are you talking about the time that I was just drinking excessively? Yep. Like she would be at work and I would literally go buy a six pack or 12 pack and she'd get home by nine and I'd be fucked up. And he never drinks. I would be just never sloshed out of my mind. And I did this for a month straight. I, I don't know how many. Maybe two months. He was getting excessive, I would say. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember you being pissed at me. Yeah. I mean, it was getting to the point where I basically had to tell you if you don't knock it off and go and, and get help and try and deal with it, that I wasn't going to help you anymore. Yeah, I do remember that talk. Because I felt like that was a real talk we had to have, that if you're not going to help yourself, I'm not going to help you either. And so we entered the entered into therapy and there's nothing wrong with going to therapy mm-hmm. with my accident. And definitely the anesthesia definitely brought something back in me that I have. I thought was dead in me for a long time and uh, just made it everything so much worse. Going to therapy helped you kind of work through your problems yeah. and learn how to deal with them better. Yeah. Right. We'll touch more on depression and therapy and everything and probably are in our next episode. Mm, no, you it's know? a couple episodes down the line. This is just a little teaser for things to come. When you go see a therapist or a psychologist, which is who you've been saying, they talk to you. So they do talk therapy. You can call it. Sometimes you also need medicine to help if, especially if you're really depressed or you have some other mental health issues going on. And that's when you see a psychiatrist, which was another doctor we added to the list, which, you know, you had off and on, you've always had some anxiety and so you probably have been anxious person your entire life to a certain extent, but everything was kind of amplified. You know, as I was saying, you clearly were going through a major depression episode and you had been on some medications to kind of help with anxiety and depression a little bit in the past. We finally decided it was best to go see someone who specializes in prescribing medications and kind of managing those. But you've also been doing that for, I'm not sure how long you've been going now to the psychiatrist. I don't think it's been quite a year. You're going there. It's like 20 minutes. They ask you who you are, what you're doing there. They have you all your questions, all these questions you have to answer, give them the sheet and basically they read it and they're like, okay, okay, blah, 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 blah. And then you're done. And you know, they've given you medications to help you sleep. But the problem is that sometimes if you take it too late, you can't get up in the morning. So that's another fun thing you have to deal with when you're on these new medications and trying to manage them and the side effects. And I remember one night we gave you two of them and it was like the biggest mistake. (laughs) I think you were groggy the whole next day. I don't think you ever really woke up. No, you're right. Yes. And these are things you have to document things he's tried in the past for depression because there are some medications that treat depression and also treat pain. Um, and I actually have my own podcast. I'll do a little shout out for that. The Slinging Pills to Pay the Bills podcast. I have an entire episode where I'm just talking about managing depression and a whole episode just about pain. So they kind of tie in together. Uh, a lot of people who have chronic pain or even any sort of chronic illness really also kind of goes hand in hand with depression. If you think about it, it makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, because it's a hard thing to deal with. I was even reading recently, and this is something I haven't told you about, but I was reading this article recently where couples who have, you know, one of them has some sort of chronic illness and it doesn't have to be chronic pain, but you know, any sort of chronic illness and they do therapy and treatments together and they're both really involved in whatever the treatment is. And especially when it comes to like depression or those sort of symptoms, the person who's depressed actually comes out better and Mm. responds better to treatment. So I thought that was really interesting. And I think we've always tried to do that anyway. Yeah. I've always tried ways to get off of medications because I'm not a person that wants to be on medications. I've never wanted to. I didn't, I don't want to have to rely on them to sleep or get through my day. We are basically trying everything we can to get me back to the old me. I'm pain free so I could sleep through the night so I can be normal again. Yeah. Or some sense of normal. It's definitely been a journey. We're only four episodes deep into this thing and we still have a lot more to tell you. Exactly. To go along with, you know, when you have pain medicines, when we're kind of diving into our episode where we'll focus on your osteopathic treatment 
treatments and talk about alternative therapies that he's been trying. And there's a lot more out there that you can try than you maybe even are aware of. I mean, because you've done stuff like acupuncture and it wasn't for you. Right. It's always something that, you know, your insurance might actually pay for that. You have to cross off the list. And it's worth trying. You know, it might sound crazy. You never know that one thing that may come through for you. Mind something else. Yours might be acupuncture or massage Mm -hmm. or something else. Everybody's different. Yeah. You got to find it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important. Like we are always saying, do your research, look into things, talk to your doctors about things you'd be interested in trying because you never know if they have a suggestion or someone they can refer you to. One of those things where you always want to keep your options open. Absolutely. And just because you see one physician doesn't mean you have to see them forever. Right. You may feel comfortable with them or something changes and you want to try someone else. That's fine. Just like with therapy right now, he's going to go start seeing a new therapist and that's okay because if that helps you or you need the change, then you should do it. Absolutely. And not feel uncomfortable about it or nervous. Most providers out there just want to help you. Right. So it's important to remember. I would say that Mm -hmm. people don't set out and say, oh, I have a bad intention just to make money off of these people, not to Mm -hmm. help. Some are out there. This is like a little bit of a sidebar real quick. We just watched the pharmacist and what the fuck? That doctor, she, yeah. If you haven't seen it, first of all, you need to stop what you're doing. Go check it out. The first episode is in a totally different direction from the rest of the series. So it's worth watching all four episodes. I got you into it. Yeah. Yeah. The first episode. But yeah, let me just, let me just say there is a doctor in this series and she is a bad doctor, but most of them are not like that. Okay. So don't, don't freak out about that if you see, see the Netflix series. But I think this is kind of a good place to wrap it up. We kind of covered everything I think we want to talk about with the different options out there. What is for next episode? What do we have to look forward to? So our next episode, we're actually going to be doing what I'm calling a special episode. I wish we had like little cheesy music to play right here. Like when it's a special episode on TV, like they used to do when they teach you some important lesson. We're going to be specifically talking about osteopaths and what they do and what they have done for Robbie. We'll throw in some other alternative treatments that kind of go along with these particular osteopaths that you're seeing or osteopaths in general. I don't know who else does some of these treatments. Osteopathy in general might even be considered an alternative treatment by some. You grew up with it. So for you, it's normal. It's not from Western medicine, if you will. It's alternative. And so you'll learn a lot about that next episode. Yeah. Got to tell you real quick, we have a streaming service coming out. It's called Limitless Broadcasting Company. We are super excited about this. We are producing original content, original television shows, children's television shows, different shows for every different kind of people out there. We are licensing content from different production companies like Fox, NBC, ABC. So you'll see some of your biggest channels and biggest sitcoms still on there. When you think of us, think of like Hulu. You'd say Hulu. Hulu is kind of my favorite analogy. Yeah, we're kind of like another Hulu, but Mm -hmm. we are having another spin on it. We have original content coming out, original podcast. This episode and more will be on our streaming service, the Limitless Broadcasting Network, and that is coming out in late 2020. Very excited about that. Very excited about producing all these shows. And also, uh, Sammy mentioned the Sling and Bills to Pay the Bills podcast coming out on uh, the Limitless Podcast Mm -hmm. Network. That's coming out on our network. What else? We have yours and Ashley's podcast coming out. Yeah, we're going to be doing a Disney show. We're going to be called Pixie Dust Twins. Play on words there. It's going to be everything and not everything. Disney, basically. Parks, movies. She loves the books. It's just everything you could imagine. That'll be coming out. Sammy is going to lead us out. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain on the Limitless Podcast Network. On our next episode, like I said, we're going to be talking about our favorite kind of doctors, osteopaths. So make sure you tune in. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for this podcast and check out all the other shows 
shows like the ones he had just mentioned. Thanks for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain with Robbie and Sammy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.